Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public, where we talk about everything hunting dogs and more. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and let's drop that tailgate. Today's word comes from Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4, 16. Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and I'll be teaming up with my good friend, Chris Knight, and we plan to hit all facets of hunting dogs. We might interview deer dog people, coon dog people, rabbit dogs, hog dogs. I think he even has a person lined up for blood dogs. But we planned to hit it all. We was talking and we felt like there was a big void for squirrel dogs in the podcast realm. So we're real passionate about it. And we decided to start this to mainly do that. It'll probably be 75% squirrel hunting and 25% everything else. So we appreciate y'all listening and giving us a chance. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast. Without further ado, this is Mr. Alan Franklin. All right, well, here we go. So, Mr. Alan Franklin, uh, tell us a little about yourself and where you're from. Uh, well, I'm from uh, Noble County, which is in Sarasville, Ohio. I've uh, lived here my whole life since I've been born. I'm probably only like three or four miles from, from where I was born. Uh, and that's just kind of where I've lived forever. Yes, sir. Uh, what's the train like up there? A lot. It's, I always call it Little West Virginia. Uh, right, everybody thinks it's kind of like we're in Ohio. They think of like up north around Columbus where it's all level, but we don't have any level ground. Uh, we have hills, we don't have any mountains. Uh, you know, they're not, they're nothing like West Virginia, but that's why it's called Little West Virginia all the time where we live. It's kind of the way it is, just all hills and, uh, and terrain and stuff like that. A lot of, oh, coal company land, cut out timber, not much farmland here. About the only thing we do here is cattle. Uh, there ain't hardly no no crops or nothing around where I live. Yes, sir. So so mostly big timber and most of it you can walk up, just not mountainous or nothing. Yeah, it's not it's not mountainous. A lot of a lot of the timber's getting been getting going because they do a lot of strip mining and probably the last five or ten years I probably lost half of our hunting ground to uh, strip mines and oil and gas and stuff like that. Yes, sir. Do you hunt mostly public or you hunt private? Uh, I probably mostly private, uh, the last year or so I've been hunting more public than I've ever, I've never really hunted public, uh, my whole life until the last few years. Cause like I said, uh, we've lost, I've easily lost a third or a fourth of my property that I private land that I had that coal companies bought it out and they're stripping it. There's absolutely, there's no trees or nothing there whatsoever. Uh, and I'm just kind of running out of places. Yes, sir. If it's like ours, it's our public land gets hunted pretty hard, so it's probably a big yeah, change. See, uh, truly around here for squirrel hunting and coon hunting, that's not the case. Uh, I mean, all honesty, there's not very many squirrel hunters around here. You know, they got, they got maybe like me and Justin Hitchens and a few guys like that, Randy Hessen, uh, there's a few guys like that lives, and they're, you know, Justin's five or ten miles from me, and Randy's fifteen or twenty miles from me. But just right here where I live, there's not a bunch of uh, coon hunting and squirrel hunting anymore. So, but deer hunting, oh yeah, public hunting, deer hunting, turkey hunting. Oh man, it's just like it's 
crazy for that part of the, that kind of hunting. But squirrel and coon hunting, no, there's not. It's not. It's not hit real hard around here. But it's not real good hunting like it used to be at all either, and that's probably why. Yes, sir. Uh, I guess a question that's kind of off topic. I'm curious about. Do y'all get to run your squirrel dogs on the public land during deer season? Uh, we do some. Like you do not. We have like seven days. I think seven days of shotgun season. Then we have a muzzleload season. I think three days. And then we might have another time that we have like one or two days of gun season. Again, we do not go in the woods then. I mean, that is not safe whatsoever. Other than that, like our bow season comes in early, uh, I think September or October. I don't, I don't deer hunt anymore, so that's why I don't keep track of the seasons. But uh, I do hunt then. I buy orange vests. I put orange vests on most of my dogs. A couple of my dogs don't like them. They won't hunt with them on. Don't ask me why. I don't know why, but... Uh, I try to wear an orange vest on it. We don't have a whole bunch of trouble. Most of the guys are pretty, you know, hey, it's public hunting. They understand that. Uh, we haven't run into a bunch of problems uh, with that. But uh, but that's just kind of like, you know, we do. I do hunt a good bit. Now, coon hunting, that's fine. That's we hunt all the time. Nothing bothers that. Same way with turkey season, the first weekend, we kind of try to stay away from that uh, just because there's so many people. I mean, turkey hunting and deer hunting is crazy around our around our county and country right around where we live yes sir well the reason i asked is here i mean our squirrel season and deer season pretty much overlap the entire time so we're yeah, out here yeah, fighting guys I mean, over public no, gun land, season know. don't here we only have a few days of gun each one but like bow season does i know yeah i, I know like some of the states have like gun season for months no day yes sir well we if we see a truck we move on and yeah. Don't turn in on people because try to give them the courtesy. You know, they got up yeah, before we did and got there before we did, so we try to do that. But, you know, yep. at times you never know if you turn him turn a dog loose and it goes six or seven hundred yards down the road and you didn't see the truck down there, you know. Exactly. Yep. But yeah, we haven't had a bunch of trouble that we've been eh, for overall most guys are pretty understanding about all that stuff. Yes. Sir. There's a few that don't. How old was you when you first started hunting with a hunting dog? With a hunting dog whenever I was born. Oh, wow. I, I mean, truly my dad has done that. My dad and my grandpa has did that forever. So as soon as I was old enough to go, now we did, well, we did mostly, my my dad and my grandpa did mostly uh, coon hunting, and they ran fox dogs a lot. Uh, and But coon hunting, I mean, that was, when I was growing up, that, my dad made that a job. I mean, it was from from dark till daylight. The first month of season. I mean, that's just the way my dad did. But coons were expensive. Coons were probably anywhere from fifteen to twenty-five or thirty dollars a pelt. And my dad was working in the factory for what two seventy-five an hour. I mean, you know, do the math there. Catch ten coon a night, or go work eight hours a night. Yes, makes uh, sense to me. He took all his vacation. We did that, and so uh, I mean, I've seen my dad carry my brother, and I'm holding on to his back pants pocket and he's dragging me through these hills and we just went all the time i mean there's no time at all we've learned how to skin coons and how to shoot coons and and he'd drop us out on one side and go pick us up on the other side and i mean my whole life that's all i've ever done nothing but uh done dogs i mean that's that was my sport when i was growing up we didn't do little league baseball we didn't do nothing we we went hunting and that's just what we done yes sir so let's transition into you coon hunted starting out. At what point did you buy a 
cur dog or a squirrel dog, whatever you may? Um, probably 80s. I, uh, my dad's, my dad's old coon dogs were a lot. We had mostly English dogs. And they were a lot like our, my cur dogs that I have now. I mean, they hunt 25, 30 minutes, you know, uh, and we kind of ran out of, we couldn't find the coon dogs we wanted, but back then they were doing like the ones that never come back and hunted forever. So uh, we ended up getting a couple cur dogs. I found a, a nice one over here off of Jim Hatcher, my first OMCBA dog. Uh, and he was a really nice coon dog, squirrel dog, uh, kind of what we wanted. And then somebody's like, oh man, it'd be fun to, uh, let's do some squirrel hunting. So we took them squirrel hunting and man, that was like really good. That was kind of cool. And we shot, started shooting squirrels out, and then they just kind of just kind of rolled from there. Uh, but we mostly started out with the cur dogs to coon hunt. Uh, you know, they were because hunt, uh, you know, hunt grape, grape heart, grapevines, where trees and stuff are. I mean, they'll tree every every coon out through there, and that's what it was all about back then. It was about the money part of it and how much coon were worth, and and you didn't want to miss any coon. You wanted to get all of them as you went through there. So. And we just kind of did that, and, I, and once I got them, I just, I just kind of like, I guess I fell in love with them, and I've liked them ever since. Then. Yes, sir. That, getting on <laughs> some squirrels, that's that's a big time. But oh, uh, yeah. what about so when you got your first dog, was you just looking for a dog, any dog? Was you looking for a certain dog, a breeder? Or? You mean when I bought my first, like my first, first good OMCBA dog, or just a dog? Well, the first squirrel dog or cur dog in general. Was you just happened upon a cur dog or was you looking for I did it? I just happened up on it uh actually Jim Hatcher I don't know how I I don't know how I come up with his name he lived at Barnesville which is about 20 miles from me uh he had bred one of his little females to George Toots's uh tug-a-jug dog and I, I don't know my grandpa's like hey I know where there's a little cur dog at so he takes me over there and he trees on a frozen squirrel and and I bought it yeah. And that's how I got started with that was my first OMCBA dog. His name was Blue Ghost. Uh and he was from George Tooch's male dog and Jim Hatchard's female is where where he came from. And you started off coon hunting with him and then you went into Pleasure did. Squirrel. Did you yep. ever competition hunt him? I did a little bit. He was a little bit if if the wrong person was with me, if somebody was really loud or did goofy stuff sometimes he wouldn't hunt very good i did i made him a squirrel champion a night champion i think i even was a reserve world night champion with him but he was not even close to the dogs that i have had after that and nowadays but he was fun i mean he would treat everything that there was uh, every coon and squirrel out there he just wasn't real real classy he was a you know uh but yeah he was fine he was just a little bit weird around strangers I mean, it took me, I hunted him six or seven months with just a long rope on him so I could catch him. He was just kind of, he was kind of hard to catch. That's why I never raised any puppies or nothing out of him, uh, just because he was kind of weird like that. Yes, sir. So, I guess I want to start off with the thunder dog you have. Did yep. he, uh, did you happen upon him or? Um, no, actually I looked him up. Uh, I had, and, and this is, I only had a few tree curves my whole life. And I had bought a little tree and cur from an Amish boy. And, I mean, we hunted. Me and my buddy hunted the tar out of him. His name was Petey. We had him ready for the big world hunt out there in Illinois at the time, which that's like 100-plus dogs at the time. 
and I came home the day before we was leaving, and he had, like, did a somersault or something in the pen and twisted his stomach, and he, he killed himself. His stomach blew up, and he was like, he, he died. So I'm like, I told my dad, I said, man, I said, I got to find another cur dog. And I just happened to see Thunder in the, in the I think it was in a full cry. And it was like out of Street Junior and Georgetta. Well, you know, back then, everybody read the full cry. Well, that was kind of one of the fancy crosses back then, Street Junior and Georgetta and the street dogs and, and all that stuff. So I told my dad, I said, man, I said, let's give uh, Kenny Smith a call, which I didn't know Kenny at the time, and now we're like best of friends. And uh, we went out there, and he treated nine squirrels that day, and I brought him home. But, yeah, I I, I had a little tree in Curdog, and then he uh, ended up dying, and that's how I got Thunder. I wouldn't even have him because he was only two and a half years old, so – if nothing would have happened to him, I would have never got thunder. No way. Yes, yeah, so you wouldn't have been in the market. Exactly, I would. I would have never been looking for him whatsoever. So was he already named Thunder, or did you give him yes. a different name? No, nope, his name was Thunder. The only thing I did was add Franklin to it. I got you. Well, I, one of my questions was where did Thunder come from? So I didn't know if uh, if you had that. Kenny Ralph Smith in Indiana. Okay. Where he come from? All right. How did Thunder hunt? Was he a go get tree and get hook one bark dog or what was he? Uh, he wasn't. That's actually a one bark tree dog all the time. I mean, very, he didn't bark up very much that he wasn't tree. But uh, you know, if I needed to in a hunt, I mean, I have tree him on one bark before I could kind of tell certain barks he was a one tree bark tree dog. But he was a go get tree. I mean, when you turned him loose, he was gone. There was no like, well, you know. Are you going to go hunting or whatever? I mean, he, he went. Uh, he got ever how deep he needed to do, he'd go get treated. He'd stay treated ever how long he needed to. Yes, sir. He has sired some, I guess his lineage, per se, has passed on some pretty outstanding dogs. Is there a trait that he passes on good or he passed on good that you kind of see in on down the line? Uh, most of his dogs are really good hunters. They hunt good. Because, I mean, that's what a lot of people makes fun of. It makes fun of the Curdo guys is, is like, you know, well, you know, they're not they're not very good hunters. They don't hunt very good or, or stuff like that, which that's changed a lot over the years. But even in those days, Thunder was a really good hunter, and those were the traits about all the dogs out of him. I mean, you go back and, you know, uh, Geronimo, Tank, Apache, and all those dogs. I mean, those are all good hunters, good tree dogs, stay put tree dogs, and, have, and they have a game. And they were all good reproducers, just like he was. Yes, sir. For for the people that don't understand, you know, the squirrel dogs kind of get the misconception of they always hunting in sight. And I tell a lot of people that my dog is a go-get-tree, don't matter how far it is. So sounds like they're pretty similar. Oh, yes. I mean, even like my young dog that I got now, uh, he's getting to be about too much dog for me as old as I'm getting. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, when you turn him loose, if there ain't no squirrels close by, you're going to go. You're going to go get him somewhere. And those are the exact same traits that, you know, when you turn Thunder loose, I'm telling you, he'll tree. If there was nine squirrels in that acre woods, Thunder would tree all nine of them. But if there wasn't no squirrels in that woods, I didn't bother him to go to the next woods and find a squirrel. You know, that's just the way he was. I mean, he could tree him as fast as anybody that I've seen. I mean, 10 feet apart or 1,000 yards apart. I mean, that's just the way Thunder was. And that's the way all my dogs have been coming up through, you know. All the dogs that I've had so far, I, I keep that trait in there. I keep some of those traits and stuff like that in there. Yes, sir. Do you try to keep a pup out of the litters, or 
do you just breathe? I used to all the time. I tried to keep, I actually, what I really used to do, I had an Amish boy probably for 10 years. I would give him one or two puppies or three puppies, maybe like one out of a litter, one out of a litter, one out of a litter or whatever. And he would let them run loose on his farm and get them. I mean, they just get to tree and once they started training, I go get them and hunt. That's what I did for several years. I mean, he was a good kid, a really nice uh, boy, and he was smart with dogs. And that's all I ever done, let them run loose on the farm up there, and they started all by themselves. I didn't do no training or didn't do anything. I mean, I, that's what people like, well, you trained a lot. I didn't train hardly any dogs. They just, I took them hunting, and they did it. You know, I, I didn't teach them to tree up. I didn't teach them to hunt. They just kind of did it all by themselves. It's just natural that it. Well, that's, I guess that's what good traits get you. Yeah. On that puppy side of it, is there a certain age that a puppy has to start showing you a certain thing by before you move on? Or you just um, kind of, once you get to liking one, you're just going to stick with it? I've probably changed over the years. That's the way it used to be. I mean, I'd pick out a puppy, and that's the one I wanted. And I, I, would, I would mess with it and try to get it going. I guess I'm a little more anymore. They need to do or start earlier and do earlier things. I guess since the internet got out there, I mean, we've got all these, what, three, four month old wonder dogs that's fully trained. And, and so you kind of like to keep those traits going so that you can say, Hey, you know, my dogs do. And most of my dogs, I mean, honestly, if you give them the chances and opportunities, I mean, they ought to be treeing five, six, seven, eight months old. They ought to be doing something. You know, I mean, yeah, they've got a long ways to go from there, but they ought to be looking up tree and yard squirrels or pen squirrels or farm groundhogs or whatever. Uh, they need to be doing some of that stuff early. I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I won't keep a puppy much more. I, I like for them to be showing some interest, at least before they're a year old. I mean, the earlier the better. Yes, sir. I mean, you can, you can feed a good one as easy as you can feed a bad one. Yep, exactly. Yep. Is there a certain way that you pick puppies, or do you just more or less pick off of looks, or are you looking for... Maybe the bold one? For when I very first started, I just took the last puppy. I just, whatever everybody else didn't pick, that's the one that I kept. Uh, or I let my kids pick when they were little. Now I don't have too many, you know, I've got my grandkids now. But uh, now I, I do a lot of picking on, like, what they're out of, uh, the colors they are. And I, I know that has absolutely nothing to do with it. But if I'm going to keep one and, and you know, if I don't like a blue one, then why keep a blue one, you know? Uh, keep the color you like, like my girl, like you just said a minute ago. You might as well keep one that you like and feed it. I try to, I mean, I'm a brindle person or black brindle. You know, those are my favorite colors. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of the other colors. Uh, that's just my favorite color, and I guess probably because Thunder was brindle and Thundersport was brindle. And, you know, all my dogs were that color, so that's my favorite color. Yes, sir. Well, I get that. And no, there's nothing. I do, I do try to pick a bold puppy. Uh, you know, I'm not out uh, for a backward puppy or something like that, and I try, you know, I don't I don't have too many of them. Sometimes I'll get one, and I don't know if it's a little thing that happened to them or whatever, but, you know, I, I try to I try to breed that stuff and keep the bold puppies out there and the outgoing puppies and the fun puppies and the puppies that can be corrected and the puppies that can be trained. Yes, sir. I mean, I understand that. You know, if everybody liked the same color dog, you wouldn't be able to tell them apart up there, would you? Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Thunder is the first dog that puts you on the map, and then I noticed... After that, you named quite a few dogs, Thunder, Thunder, and then Sport, and then obviously on down the line. Is there a reason you got away from that? I've noticed you got like Duck Creek Razor now. So 
No, actually, uh, they're all the exact same. You mean, why did I change their name? Yes, sir. Why'd you get away from the Thunder, you know, went Thunder and then Thunder Sport and then on down the line, so. Oh, the only reason that Razor's not is because Eric Wheeler, which as I was, as he was growing up, him and Justin Hitchens hunted with me all the time. I mean, and they hunted together and they had their own dogs. And then, you know, and boys get married and they kind of veer away from it. Him and Justin both kind of got away from hunting. And then uh, they came over, and look, Justin ended up, I, he's like, I said, well, you know, go ahead. And he took, and he got Demon from me, and he took him over there, trained him, done everything with him, got him going. Well, Eric came up, he's like, I think I might get back. And I said, well, Brandy has a litter of pups out there. I said, go out there and pick one. So he picks out Razor. Well, he gets trained and gets him going and everything and does well with him. Well, then uh, his kids were getting in sports, and I'm like, man, I said, why don't you, like, sell me part of Razor back, and I said, I'll promote him for you, I'll hunt him. And that's just Eric named him Duck Creek Razor. I mean, actually, he's a uh, half Thundersport. He's out of a Thundersport female uh, bred back to which He's out of Thundersport Brandy and Thundersport King Bud. So he's actually still half Thundersport. Uh, but Eric Eric lives on Duck Creek, so he calls him Duck Creek Razor. And then I've been calling his puppies DC, which is Duck Creek's what it stands for. That's where Eric lives at the Kind of like keep Eric and, and and thanks to Eric, he let me have him and hunt him and, and I mean I really like I really like Razor I really like Razor. Yes, sir. That's the kind of way I got away from the name. I mean, but they're all the exact same blood. I mean, he's got as much thunder sport in him as any of the other dogs that I have. Do you pleasure hunt a whole lot versus competition? Which one would you say you do more of? Um, I pleasure hunt the most, but I still. I still really like the competition part of it. I mean, I like that thrill of it, the the excitement of, you know, going to hunt, getting up in the morning, going out, hunting against, you know, all the hunters that there is out there, the competition hunts. I mean, I like it. Now, some people doesn't like that, but I do. It doesn't upset me. If I lose, I don't get one way or the other, win or lose. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like winning all the time. I mean, I don't do anything I don't want to win at, but uh, it doesn't bother me if I lose. If my dog does good and you beat my dog, I'm okay with that. You know, that doesn't bother me a bit. Uh, but uh, I probably overall, I mean, I'm sure I pleasure hunt them a lot more than I competition hunt. But when I had Thundersport and Kane and Bud and all them, I competition hunted a lot. I mean, I think Thundersport, I went, I won 17 out of 21 weekends that I went in a row. That's how much I competition hunted him. That's, I, I, that's when I was young. Yes, sir. That's incredible there. That's a good stretch. Is there anything that you do to set up a dog? Do you do something different the week before a hunt versus pleasure hunting to try to get out of the routine of getting squirrel shot out? Or there no, I don't. Because I, I, I try to, I try to hunt my dogs like I'm going to competition hunt all the time. I mean, I'll hunt them a little bit more by themselves before the hunt. I always call it trying to get their head screwed straight back on straight. You know, whether or not other dogs messing around because sometimes you start shooting a squirrel out over here and you shoot a squirrel out over there and you shoot a squirrel over there and you don't pay attention and I'm and I try to really be careful about that I try not to set my dog up to lose you know I don't want to you know if, if if your dog's tree hey go to your dog make sure I get to my dog you know and, and do those things uh you can't have a pleasure dog six days a week and hunt one day a week and do it different I mean you can't you got to stay set up all the time and, and have them ready you know, you can't let them be loose on the tree, chasing squirrels through the woods and timbering and doing all kinds of crazy stuff and then expecting to do it the right way when you don't have a gun with you. Yes, sir. 
yes, over all the years that I've did this, I kind of competition hunt all the time. You know, I'll have, for pleasure hunting in your tree, I'll I'll go to my dog and I'll put him off of that tree and I will not let him go to the other dog's tree. And it doesn't take hardly no time at all. That that's no problem whatsoever. You know, uh, razor and sport and all my dogs. You can shoot and everything, and they never went to the other dog just because I never let them do that. Do you give them so many feet from the tree? You know, normally they'll timber out and move a tree over, or do you have like a set distance? Oh, uh, I don't mind. I don't mind if they timber a squirrel if they have a squirrel. If the squirrel is not per se in your dog's tree, do you say I give oh, them ten steps? Oh, shooting the squirrel out. Yes. Yeah, so if I'm competition, got a competition hunt. Oh, honestly, if we're getting ready for a hunt. You know, I don't care if it's one tree over. If it's not going to fall in the vicinity of that tree he's on, I don't want him in his brain to think that it's like four trees over and it falls 50 feet away. I don't want him to think that. I don't care exactly. I don't do a certain footage part of it, but I kind of like for that squirrel to fall in that perimeter of, of his tree that he's on or pretty close so that he thinks it came directly out of his tree. What I'm picking up is is if it's more or less under the tree's canopy. Exactly. That, that's where I, you know, and sometimes you mess up and it does one thing or the other. But if you try to do that the majority of the time, then it, it turns out okay. I've got you. I see you do a lot of WTDA, which for the people that don't know is World Tree Dog Association hunts. Do you, I see you do a lot of that. Is that just because of the area you're in or is that you just like the organization? Uh, I do both. I mean, it's since uh, Don has passed away. He passed away a few years ago. It, it's really slid off a lot, but uh, it was pretty big right here in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, Maryland, uh, West Virginia. I mean, there was, that's where I went to all the hunts at. I mean, you know, there was hunts every weekend somewhere. And it was a really, it, it was a good organization. I mean, there was a, a lot of really, really good dogs in it, good people. Don Moach was like a really good promoter. I mean, he had some big time world hunts and he won all kinds of good stuff and everything, but it, it's really slacked off, which, which you know, kind of when the leader's not there, it, it kind of like it hurts it. I mean, it, it's still it's still surviving around here, but there's not a, a ton of hunts. I mean, there's a hunt or two in PA, and there's a couple three hunts around here. And, but all the hunts are struggling right now. I think it's, I think part of it's because there's so many of them, so many different organizations that it's it's hard to have one dominant organization now. Yes, sir. I saw somebody made a post the other day wanting to know how many different associations you could have a be considered a world champion in it's getting a little i know but yeah, that's what I, told, that's what I told somebody when sport was young i had maybe three chances i had uh uh the national current feist one i had wtda and then i had which back then i didn't even even when sport was young i didn't even go to to the home cba because it was like eight hour, nine hours away i just didn't do that so i only had two or three chances but shoot if you want, you probably got, what, seven or eight, nine chances a year to win a world hunt now with all the little world hunts and the regular world hunts and everything. I mean, there's several chances to be world champions now in one year. Yes, sir. Well, I think it's a lot of just the area you're in. You know, they have oh, yeah. more. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, for the people that doesn't know, I don't know if you know exactly off the top of your head, but how many world championships have you won? Do I have? Have I had? Yes, sir. Um, probably somewhere around, probably around 20 or 22 or 23, probably. And if I've done my research right, that's with nine different dogs? Or do you happen to know that? 
take your word on that. <laughs> well, I thought I, I kind of yeah. took Clayton Starks. Probably, yeah, I never even, I guess I never even thought about that. Probably eight or nine dollars, probably. Yeah. Yes, sir. I, I use Clayton Starks info. I mean, shout oh, out okay. to Clayton. Yep, that's right. Shout out to Clayton. But yep. uh, I look like nine different dogs. Something like that, yep. That's That's pretty impressive. A lot of state titles, different states. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I won lots and lots of state titles. We we used to hunt them a lot. So if somebody was looking to get into a cur dog, they didn't know anything about them. Would you suggest breeders? Would you suggest looking at certain traits, or do you really have an opinion? I know all these are opinion based, but in your opinion, how would you go about suggesting somebody that didn't know? I would do would be, I mean, uh, there is some really, really good lines of dogs, not just Thunder, not just, you know, there's some really good lines out there. Probably the first thing I would do is where you're from. You know, if you're from Texas, I might as well give you somebody out that way as somebody from Ohio. I mean, come on, you want to drive 17 hours? To, you know what I'm saying? Yes, and sir. some people kind of like, I do that sometimes. I'm like, you know, really? I mean, uh, I can get a puppy to you. But if you go see so-and-so or whatever, eh, they've got some of my Thunder Dogs out there, or they've got you know, this line of dogs or that line of dogs. And there's a bunch of different, really good lines of dogs. And I ain't going to name them because somebody will get mad at me if I forget theirs. <laughs> I understand that. There's some really, I mean, back in the day, my dog was starting, you would go to a hunt and there would be a handful of dogs. One of these four dogs is going to win this hunt, even though there's, 65 dogs and one of these four one of these 10 dogs are going to win this hunt i'm telling you you go to a hunt now and every dog in it's going to be capable of winning i mean there's some really good lines now i would just probably get try to figure out where they're from uh you know i've been around i know tons of people and everybody and i can probably uh give somebody a direction to go or where to where to go for that yes sir well i was just trying to help the people that might be newer to it would you su- would you suggest going to a dog that has titles over, say, somebody that's a reputable breeder that pleasure hunts strictly, or do you really doesn't have you don't have opinion in that? There's probably most of the good breeders are going to be have good titles. I'm not saying that there ain't some good pleasure guys out there. They're harder to find if you just personally don't know no you know don't know those people, and it's hard to to do that. But it wouldn't make no difference. They had some really good pleasure dog and i wanted to add that to my kennel that wouldn't bother they wouldn't have to have any titles for me to do that if you get ready to breed one of your dogs to another dog do you try to keep it in a close group of friends or do you just say i like the way that dog hunts over there i'd like to breed to that dog in all my years i don't i have probably only bred to other people's dogs a handful of times to keep a line of dogs going you kind of got to keep it in the family now you do have to outcross once in a while and I usually do my outcrossing with, like, females. There's hardly nobody do I ever go to breed to other male dogs. I do my outcrossing with females. You know, I'll get a jukebox female. I'll get a street female. I'll get a tree knock white female uh, and bring all that stuff to my dogs. That way I have more control over it. I don't go to other people's male dogs hardly ever. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing whatsoever. You know, I've always had good male dogs, and I've always wanted to promote my male dogs, and I've always wanted to keep my line going through my male dogs, through my thunder dogs. If you let it go one generation, you're done. Yes, sir. You, know, you, you can't you can't skip a generation and then ever gain that back. Yes, sir. Well, I was just curious. I, you know, I see a lot of people 
that are trying to decide what they want to breed to. And I was just, you've been doing it so long, I didn't know if you had a certain way you go about doing it. Right, but the average person won't look at it the same way that I do. Yes, sir. You know, if you're not going to worry about, like, I always want to keep, I'm my whole life since I've had thunder, I try to keep as much thunder or thunder sport in my dogs as possible. Because once it starts watering down, unless you can find somebody to help you out, you can't never bring it back. Once you get down to a quarter, you can't get it back to a half, no matter how many quarters you bring back. You just, it, it, it doesn't, you can't do that. So, you know, now if you're just wanting good squirrel dogs, no big deal. That's who I would go hunt with a dog that has the, the, the ability and the things that I like, like, you know, hunting, treeing, handling, all that stuff, then that would be fine to go do that. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Uh, you know, it depends on what you're wanting to do. That's what I, because I've had guys ask me, what do you think? I'm like, well, are you want to do, you want to keep a line of dogs going? You want to keep good squirrel dogs, coon dogs? Uh, that's what you have to decide. Because it's a lot of work to keep a line of dogs going. I could imagine. A lot of work. Do you think breeding like that, we have made the the dogs better, per se? Dog, like I said a little bit ago, dogs are a lot better. I'm not saying that there ain't a dog back in the, back years ago that's that's good, but overall the dogs are better than they were than they than they used to be, and I think everybody's done a pretty good job at breeding the things that they need to breed to keep everything going. All right, I had just a couple of more questions, and I'd let you go. So, do you title your dogs because you want to breed them? Or you just want to see where they stand with the other dogs in the competition? Or you just enjoy competing in general? I just enjoy doing it. I mean, yeah, I do kind of like to see where I stand. Uh, but I just like doing it. I mean, if you don't like doing it, you're not going to go. I mean, over the years, over my 40 years of being in this, I've seen people come in the last four or five years here, and four or five years. That's because they don't love it. You know, they'll be like, well, i got to do – you know, if you, if you really, really love it and you like to do it, you're going to be there. And that's what I like to do. I just like I like going to hunt. I, can't, I couldn't even tell you how many friends I've made, thousands of friends that I've made. I mean, like lifelong, lifelong friends. You know, Jimmy Smith, I bought Thunder from. Every year we spend four or five days together somewhere, me and the Loudons and him, we spend that time. I met the Loudons. They brought their female up. Uh, their Pepper dog, Adam saw thunder swim, swim high water, tree, have a squirrel, and he told his dad when he was like 12 years old, that's the dog I'm breeding to. <laughs> and then from then, we've been like best friends forever. I mean, and we, every year we do like a hunt together, Kenny Smith and Adam and Chuck, and we spend three, four days together. And it's just, I mean, and there's all kinds of different friends that I've done that with. I mean, friends that, I would have never even met whatsoever. I mean, well, I wouldn't even know their name. And that's what, that's why I like to do it. Just all that stuff. You know, the other, the other things, just like icing on the cake, what in the world on. I mean, yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, and it's kind of great to do that. But if you think of all the other great things, friends that you've made and fun you've had, and, you know, my boys has come through and done all this stuff with me. And my grandsons are doing this stuff with me now. And it's just like, I just like to do it. I mean, I do. It's a great atmosphere. I like dogs, and I continue to do it just because I really like to do it. It is a great atmosphere. Everybody likes to talk about dogs, and everybody understands how much work it takes 
that you've put in because they're there for the most part doing it also with theirs. So I really enjoy that also. Yep. What about, do you have an off season or do you condition your dogs all year? Right now, kind of. I coach high school softball and it starts uh, the end of March, uh, the 1st of April. I, I hit a couple hunts. Uh, I'm going to try to get to Jamestown when it comes around, but when I do softball, that's kind of my off season because it's, it's like right now, today I'm going to a, a we're, uh, going to a game today in a little bit, and then uh, Monday we're going to be in the district semifinals uh, for our school. So I kind of it's kind of every day, and that's kind of my off season. And I do, and I'll come home if it's not dark, you know. Uh, I'll come home and go hunting a little bit sometimes after after softball or whatever. But if I have an off season, that's it. Or uh, the middle of August. Uh, that's kind of like our 4-H and fair around here. And sometimes I'll take a little bit off there. But no, we don't have a lot. Now I take off squirrel hunting. I do. But uh, me and Nathan Albritton and Justin and some of those boys will do some coon hunting in the summertime. We don't we don't have snakes and ticks in Ohio, so you can coon hunt all summer. <laughs> You yes, know what sir. I mean? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not letting them tree squirrels during the summer. You're just conditioning them? Not or... a whole bunch because it's so thick around here, and you absolutely cannot find a squirrel because we have big trees. I mean, you have trouble in some of our trees finding squirrels in the wintertime when you're by yourself because they just keep going around and around and around, and they hide from you. <laughs> uh, I do not. I do not. When it gets really hot here, in Ohio, most people quit squirrel hunting. I mean, you just you don't do very much of it. The hunts all quit here. Nobody has any hunts. But, yes, I do take off when it gets hot weather. Like, probably from now, the leaves are almost on here. Uh, once the leaves get all the way on, we won't do much squirrel hunting until, eh, probably September. September, middle of September, we'll start squirrel hunting again. I got you. So... We're just trying to promote squirrel hunting. Is there anything in general you think that people could do? I know it's a, t- a tough question, but to promote it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not a great answer. I, I, I kind of kind of been thinking about that, and I thought, you know, as a guy, we need to hunt hard. We need to keep our papers and keep all of our papers to be true. You know, have the right the right bloodlines on it and everything. You can't keep a line of dogs going if you don't do that. We need to hunt hard. We need to take our kids hunting, our grandkids hunting, and we need to promote, like, all the hunts. I mean, you need to, whether you want it to be WTDA, OMCBA, USDC, UMCA, or uh, NKC, UKC, and I probably missed somebody, but, you know, you don't have to do every one of them. That's expensive, but support somebody. Go out and support all the UKC hunts. Go out and support all the WTDA hunts. Go out and support all the OMCBA hunts. Because it's it's hard to survive anymore. These clubs are really struggling when you have a hunt, you put all the time into it, and you have like five dogs show up, or ten dogs show up, or twenty dogs show up. That's hard, and that can keep her, that can keep everything going. I mean, that can help us uh, take your grandkids when you go to them hunts, take your kids when you go to them hunts, take your neighbor when you go to them hunts. Uh, that helps promote it and keep it going because it's uh, it's probably a dying sport. I mean, hunting's a dying sport, period. I think we got to be careful or we're going to lose it. Yes, sir. Not the younger generation, which I'm still in my mid-30s. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm young or old. I guess I'm middle. Right. 
But, I'll trade you. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> my kids, right. all they worry about is electronics. And I get them out of the house as much as I can. And I we'll go make a drop or two. And I try to make it fun for them. And they yep. love it. I let them, I say, they say, can we pull vines? I say, you pull away. I, yep. I hope you pull. But yep. I try to make it fun for them and not, you know, pack them six miles make a drop or two and my little boy asked me the other day if we was gonna go i said it's a little hot right now but i'm just trying to promote it and trying to get some information out there and if yeah is there anything else you would like to add that we didn't cover i know we covered a pretty broad great no i think i think you did i think you did a really good job and and i think you pretty well hit on everything like i said just help promote everything and help you know, go and have fun. Uh, take your kids, have fun, and, and support somebody or something. Yes, sir. Um, we're actually going to drop the first couple of podcasts on Coon Hunting University. And I keep asking people, you know, why do they think that there's so many more coon hunters at Salem, Illinois, or, or wherever, versus the squirrel hunts? Because it's more or less the same thing, except for you're doing it during the day versus at night. Right. But I don't, I can never get an answer on that. You know, you might have 20 dogs that are 30 dogs at a world hunt for squirrel hunting. And I'd hate to put a number on how many is at the world hunt. Might be because it's just one. But that, that is exactly right. You know, I think you hit that there is like, we just talked a little while ago is you have one or two world coon hunts, right? Yes. For, For hound dogs. So you don't have a choice, but now, and gas is $4.49. If I can go to the WTDA World Hunt, that is 25 miles away, or do I go to the NKC World Hunt or the UKC World Hunt, which is nine hours away, which one do I choose? Oh, it's a no-brainer for me. You know, and, and, and I'm not saying which one is more prestigious than the other one. Uh, you know, some are different than other ones. But well, you have so many different choices. And the way things are, people's going to choose the closer one for right now. Well, people's going to be passionate about whichever one they hunt. So, right. you know, NSD is going to say theirs is more pre- prestigious. You know, UMCA is going to say theirs is WTDA. Right. Oh, yes. Everybody does that. You know, and I think it falls down to that. I mean, it happened to me this past year. Right. I'm going to get into a little NSD this year, but, you know, that's coming up. Well, I really appreciate you sitting down with us and taking your time out of your day. And I'm going to do the best we can to promote the sport of squirrel hunting. And I hope that y'all win the game today and finish out the year strong. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. I hope y'all enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. I really want to appreciate Mr. Alan Franklin for cutting us a little time out of his day. He is a wealth of knowledge and some really outstanding dogs that he has had at his kennels. It's tough to have one of those dogs, much less seven, eight, nine, ten, however many he's had that he's won world titles with, and I just hope to get one. So we'll be hitting more squirrel hunting people up in the future. I appreciate y'all listening. If y'all would, please come to the Hunting Dog Public Facebook group. Give us a like and subscribe. If you enjoyed this, give us a thumbs up on there and and maybe leave us a comment. Thank you for being here and I hope y'all enjoyed it. Y'all have a good day and like always, enjoy the great outdoors.